You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, October 8th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into, Jay Book. Let's start with, and this is a tough one, but what is going on with Mayan Williams? Start the year, he was the starting running back. Travion Henderson is now the starter. No one disputes that, but like, you know, there's some talk that maybe Mayan might be dealing with an injury. Maybe he's in the doghouse. What are you hearing? What's going on with Mayan Williams? Yeah, there is it's kind of a mystery. Uh, you know, it kind of smells like the seven bank situation where, you know, people are asking, was he in the doghouse or is he injured? Comes to find out he was hurt. And I, I kind of lean towards that is the situation with Mayan. I know previously uh, he had missed the game. Uh, and they said that he wasn't practicing that week because he wasn't feeling well. And now you're you're hearing that he may be dealing with another injury here, but it is strange right now. This was a guy who started the year, as you mentioned, as a starting tailback. And you look at Mayan, and he's one of those underrated guys, a three-star guy that had to really work for what he had. And he came in here to the season, had an excellent game against Minnesota. So it it, it kind of uh, puzzles me to figure out like what's going on here. Is this a legitimate injury, or is he? Uh, you know, something more going on here. And if I had to make my guess, I would think that he is dealing with some type of injuries. Now, the question people have to ask or he has to ask is, are you hurt or are you injured? Are you are you dealing with a pain issue or is your injury serious enough that it's keeping you out of the game? So that's kind of where we're at right now. But uh, hopefully he gets healthy. They're going to need him down the stretch. Uh, I know there's been some type of grumblings floating around the, the message boards and, and and Twitterverse wondering if is Mayan really happy right now with his role considering the emergence of Trey Henderson. And, and right now, and I would say that's a lot of just speculation. So let's just see how that plays out. I want to get in, into talking about Emeka Abuka. He looks tremendous out there. I mean, now he looks tremendous as a wide receiver, number one wide receiver in the country coming in to this year, the 2021 class. Of course, he's got studs in front of him, like we've never seen with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba, but I still think he's going to be a tremendous wide receiver. Let's focus on Emeka as a kick returner, uh, which was his main role this year, really. Emeka Ibuka is the best kick returner, dot, 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 since when, Jay Book? For Ohio State. Well, for Ohio State. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If we're going, if we're going to put it out there, I mean, you look at, you have to throw names of Teddy Ginn that was out there that was a threat to really break it at any point. And the thing about Amek is he can go, he can go the distance if you give him enough lane. He doesn't have that top end speed that Teddy had, but his vision, his his 
ability to get to point A to point B in a hurry is special. And you really have to like that about a younger guy who's fearless out there. And the one thing that I took out of Ryan Day's press conference when talking about uh, him was he said he takes his job extremely serious. And, and that's what you want to see if a kid is willing to be all in and he's taking his job serious when it comes to special teams. You know, once his time comes and his number's called and he's going to be a, eventually a full-time starter at the wide receiver position, he's going to give you everything he has and he's going to be all in. And those are the type of guys that you want to have in a locker room because if a guy can uh, really dial himself up to be all in when it comes to special teams as a younger guy, that type of an example carries weight in the locker room. What do you think of the job Matt Barnes is doing so far? The jury is still out. I mean, he's, you know, Tulsa, that was his first time calling defense, didn't look good. Akron looked great, but, you know, Akron. Rutgers, that was encouraging. Rutgers is not a bad team. They're not a great team. And really, defense is more their calling card than offense. But still, defense looked really good against Rutgers. So I, I know we won't know for a while, but where are you at right now on Matt Barnes, the changes he made, and, and, and kind of forecast it going forward? Are you confident in Matt Barnes? I, I'm getting there, Dave. It's starting to really look like a, a team that's finding their footing when it comes to defense. I just think that Kerry Combs was in over his head when it came to calling the defense. He would not make adjustments to what the offenses were doing, and you're seeing the adjustments. The thing that I really like about what I'm seeing from Matt Barnes' defense is, one, you're, they're more fundamentally sound. You're seeing guys set the edge. There was a play when Cam Martinez came up and – forced the, the ball to be bounced. And to me, that is what you want to see from your, your defense. You want guys to be able to uh, set the edge and just do the small things. Looking back for the football, you're seeing that guys are getting their hands on the ball. Turnovers are being created. And that is big for this defense because you need them to be uh, – you just need to be functionable to be able to hold uh, opposing offenses to – offenses can – can work for the for the first downs, work for the big plays, then at that point, um, you're going to be able to get that offense back on track, get them the football. And, and so far, Matt Barnes is doing a good job. He's showing that he knows what he's doing. And if they can keep it up, this is going to be a really good football team heading down the stretch into the Big Ten season when at the end of the day, when it comes to November, the question is, can you stop the run? And if they can stop the run, then they're going to have a shot to be getting to the playoffs. You were cutting out there just a little bit, but I heard the vast majority of what you said. I'm sure the listeners did too. So bottom line with Matt Barnes, like, you know, being better than Kerry Combs, I don't want to say it's a low bar, but it's, it's a pretty low bar. He's better than Kerry Combs. How much better is he than Kerry Combs at calling this defense? Exponentially better? Like, what, what are you seeing from Matt Barnes? I'm seeing that he is significantly better than Kerry Combs when they're calling the defense. And like I was saying, and I, I don't know if it got cut out, but the defense is more fundamentally sound. They're attacking. They're showing more looks. They're switching it up. They do a great job um, of making offenses earn it and work for it. The thing with Kerry Combs and the single high safety is they were uh, a high risk, high reward defense and we're too young to be playing that type of defense. Whenever this defense goes to a double high safety, you're, you're seeing 
offenses have to really work for it. And the main thing that you're seeing, the biggest change is they're getting their hands on the football compared to when Kerry Combs was a defensive coordinator. Ohio State currently leaves uh, all of college football with the most defensive touchdowns. You wouldn't have known. <laughs> and I actually saw that stat come across that says Ohio State leads the, the nation in defensive touchdowns. And, and that ha- happened under Matt Barnes' leadership. So if he's if he's able to help these guys play at a high level, play fast, that's the biggest thing. And I thought under Kerry Combs, guys were they were moving too slow. Feet were stuck in the mud. They weren't they weren't reacting quick enough. And you saw the linebackers, Darren Lee and Bobby Carpenter and Josh Perry on social media. That was one of their biggest gripes when it came to the linebackers saying that they weren't triggering fast enough. They weren't reacting. They weren't reading their keys uh, and that was under Kerry Cones, and you're not seeing those same complaints right now under Matt Barnes. Let's talk about Ronnie Rocket Hickman. Now, he leads the team in tackles by a wide margin, by 14. He's got 44 tackles. The next closest is 30. Um, I mean, this kid's getting it done as a third-year sophomore. Now, listen, I've said before on the show and, you know, and, you know just to, to my friends on radio shows, tackles can be the most overrated stat in football. I mean, you can – almost get run over and the guy can trip over your face mask and you can get you know credited with the tackle. But when you're leading your team in tackles through five games, I mean, that's not an accident. When you were Antoine Winfield back in the 90s, having over 100 tackles as a corner, that's not an accident. So I, I go both ways on this. I mean, it can be overrated, but I, I love what I see out of Ronnie Hickman. When I see that he's not just leading the team in tackles, he's leading it by a wide margin. This kid is breaking out as a superstar. We also see that he's had a Pick six. I love his attitude. You have to have some swag out there. As you know, being a former DB yourself, I'm sure you were, you were walking around there high-stepping all around the field, Jay Book. I love what I'm seeing out of Rocket Hickman, man. Yeah, he, he definitely plays with attitude, and that's what you want to see from someone out there. You want to have a couple bad boys that are go out there and play with a little swag, and that's what you have from him. When, when I was seeing all of the tackles that he was making, Dave, early on in the season, my first instinct was that's not necessarily a good thing because that means that your linebackers aren't making plays. But as you further watch the games and as the season progressed, he's just a guy that makes plays. Um, yeah, there are times where his angles aren't perfect and he may be out of position at times, but give me a guy who's going to go 110%. They're going to get max effort. They're going to bark it up a little bit out there on the field. And if push comes to some, he's going to lay somebody out and put them on their butt. Give me those type of kids all the time. Will they make mistakes? Absolutely. They're going to make a mistake here and there, but for the most part, their athleticism in their play is so high when it comes to their upside that I would take those kids who are going to run through a wall for the football team anytime, any day. No doubt about it. We will get down to brass tacks in a moment, give our predictions for Ohio State against Maryland high noon tomorrow at the Horseshoe. Before we get to that, Jay Book, let's talk about C.J. Stroud. I mean, you know, this is perhaps the most important storyline, you know, the rest of the season. The defense, maybe that's the most important, but we know quarterback's the most important position on the field man did he look good last week and Rutgers has a good defense he knew Shiano was going to pull out all the stops um I know it's one game where are you at on CJ Stroud did he silence his doubters and kind of just forecast what you expect the rest of the season season out of uh, CJ Stroud 
I absolutely think he silences doubters. There's no doubt in my mind that he is quarterback one here. The way he performed against Rutgers, the flashes that you saw, Dave, if he can continue that type of progress, that tells me that they're dealing with something special here. And I have to question how serious was that shoulder injury? How much of a break was actually needed? And we had talked several weeks ago, and Dave Repson of the Big Ten Network has said that when the Big Ten Network visited Ohio State during summer camp, he was battling with that shoulder then. They were trying to manage it and rest it. So it was an ongoing issue with him getting that week off. He looked like a totally new player. I mean, you watched the mechanics. The feet were set. He was throwing balls in stride. He was throwing guys open. You weren't seeing the inaccuracies. He he kept the ball on a read, which when I saw him keep, a, keep that read, Dave, I was up on my feet screaming like, finally, he kept a read. And it's on film that's going to make defenses respect Ohio State whenever they uh, go into their read packages. But if you look at his stats and his efficiency, I, I think if I was looking at it this week, he's fourth in the NCAA when it comes to quarterback efficiency. He pretty much leads the Big Ten in, a, in every passing category right now. Uh, when it comes to his dot, meaning his air yards on target, he's uh, throwing 11 yards per target down the field. So it's not like he's a dink and dunk type of quarterback. He is throwing the football down the field. And if he continues to progress under under uh, Ryan Day, I truly think that he's going to have a magical year. Uh, Vegas, they tend to agree. If you look at the Heisman odds, he had the biggest jump uh, from last week to this week when it came to the odds. So he's now up to, I believe, third or fourth. He's right in there, depending on which site you look at, with Spencer Rattler. And, and the thing that you have to really be encouraged about, Dave, this allows Ryan Day to start opening up the playbook. When your quarterback can start making those throws that you're expected to make, it allows Ryan Day to go deep into the playbook, and they don't have to be so vanilla. Now you have to account for Travion Henderson, the guy who's averaging a first down every time he touches a football. But you can't crowd the box now because C.J. Stroud is lighting you up in the passing game. So hopefully he can parlay this Maryland game into another big game and continue to build that momentum as we head into the meat of the Big Ten schedule. We're just a little more than 24 hours away from kickoff. Buckeyes against Terrapins at the Horseshoe tomorrow, high noon. Big noon kickoff on Fox for those watching on TV. Let's give our predictions here. So the Buckeyes are favored by 21. It opened at 20, so the money is going to the Buckeyes a little bit. Buckeyes favored by 21 as we sit here right now recording the show. So they're favored by three touchdowns. You know, Jay Buck, I have the Buckeyes winning by four touchdowns. My prediction is Ohio State 52, Maryland 24. I feel like Ohio State's going to take it to the Terps. I won't be surprised if it's worse than that. I'll be more surprised if it's closer than that than I would be if it's worse than that. But my prediction is Ohio State 52, Maryland 24. How do you think this game is going to go, and what is your prediction, sir? I, I have it Ohio State 48-17. I, I think the Buckeyes are going to come out rolling. They're a team that's starting to play their best football, and it took a couple of pansies in uh, Akron and, and not necessarily Rutgers. I think they're a good football team, but guys that they were able to really cleanse that bad taste out of their mouth. So 
they're starting to get hit their stride. And if they can just stay healthy, they, they've had a lot of guys in and out of the lineup uh, so far this year with injuries. But if they can stay healthy and their key pieces continue to p- perform at a high level, they should ha- they should handle uh, Maryland pretty easily here. And I'm looking for C.J. Stroud to have another big day passing. I love it. Great stuff from Jonah Booker, as always. Thank you very much, Jay Book. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Go Bucks tomorrow against Maryland. We'll share the Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.